Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get first-hand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Patrick McGinnis. How about we dig into Patrick what you do as a venture capitalist. And perhaps we should start by explaining to our young listeners what a VC is and does because they kind of run the gamut. Yeah, it is true. It's become a term that is used to be quite specific, but now it's quite broad. It basically what a venture capitalist does is invest capital money to buy shares of private companies that are usually startups or innovative in nature. And the idea is you're giving the company money that it's going to use to try to grow and expand and you know, one day hopefully either be sold or go public on a stock exchange. So it's really about supporting entrepreneurs with capital and also with other kinds of support, whether it's ideas, connections, you maybe go on the board of directors, that kind of stuff. That, so that's what I do. I mentioned a couple of, I don't know if these are your more recent mm. or bigger investments, the Ipsy, and then the British stage production of The Last King of Scotland. Those are pretty diverse types of investments. Mm. Could you take us through kind of the decision-making process and how you analyze the risk reward for your money? Yeah, totally. So first of all, I should say that, so I do work as part of a venture capital firm, and that's kind of like part of what I do, but I also make my own investments, what I call angel investments. Um, and those are two angel investments that I made. And so those are actually part of the 10% entrepreneur kind of thing that we'll be talking about later, right? But really, it's all the same. I mean, essentially, no matter if you're making an investment as part of a company or on a personal basis, you kind of go through the same process with the uh, one caveat that you know, investing in a play you know, I'm no expert in that. And I did that knowing that I wasn't an expert. So sometimes you take different types of risks with when you're investing personally. So all that to say that the, the central process of doing venture capital is this. Number one, having a, uh, what's called an investment thesis, or basically a sort of a plan about what you want to invest in. For example, you may have a fund that says, we want to invest in female entrepreneurs, or we want to invest in companies in Asia, or we want to invest in deep tech, or we want to invest in, you know, 
social media, all those sorts of things. So that's kind of the first part is having a thesis. The second part is finding companies that match your criteria. So, you know, say you invest less than $5 million and you invest in healthcare. Well, okay, great. You've got to then build a pipeline of companies. And then the third part is what's called due diligence. And that is the part where you meet with the management team, you assess their business plan, you go out and talk to suppliers or customers or other people in the market or competitors. And you try to figure out like, is this company going to be able to achieve what it says it's going to do? And that whole process, you can take a bit of time. And then from there, then you'll decide, do I want to make this investment or not? Got it. Now, I know from listening to another interview that you've done that these investments don't have to be in the $5 million range, what you just alluded to. They can be small, like a few thousand dollars. So how do you make that decision, Patrick, in terms of what level of investment to make? Yeah, it's a really good question. So when it's when I'm working, you know, as part of a fund where we have raised money from investors and we're investing on their behalf, then obviously, you know, I'll we can write checks that are half a million dollars or more. I think the largest investment I ever made in my career to date has been something like $50 million. Wow. Was that, that, a, was, that was a fund? Yes, that was not my money. I mean, if I had $50 million to invest in a company, I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> I'd be sleeping. Um, <laughs> Right. So, so anyway, um, but when it's a personal investment, which I think is really interesting, it can be very small amounts of money. So I think I remember the first, one of my first investments I ever made, I met with this company that I kind of liked, or I guess I really liked. And I was talking to the founder and I said, well, you know, he, he said, I'd really love you to invest. And I said, okay, well, how much, what's the minimum investment that you would take? Because I'm new at this and I frankly am, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to put that much money in because I want to be able to make a lot of investments and be very diversified, not just put all my eggs in one basket. And I'm only investing 10% of my money. So like, you know, again, I don't have unlimited money. It's not like I have like parents who are going to give me a billion dollars. Right. And so he said, well, our minimum is $25,000. And I said, well, I'll give you five. And he said, I will take it. That may sound like a lot of money if you're a college student, but if you've been working for a few years and you've saved some money, it's, it's not an unreasonable amount of money, frankly. And so it can be even low, lower than that. Friends of mine invested in the last king of Scotland. They put $1,000 in. And so what you really need to do is think through your strategy. You know, Say you have a pot of money to invest. When you invest in a company like a venture capital company, like what I do, one thing that's important to note is you can't sell those shares the next day if you decide you want to do that. This is a private company. And until the company is sold or goes public and the stock is traded, it's in a liquid investment. You cannot get your money out unless you know you sell your shares back. There's all kinds of ways that could happen, but generally it doesn't happen. So you have to be comfortable with the fact that you may not see a return on this investment for years or the company might fail and you'll lose everything. Therefore, it's really important to think about being diversified. And so that's why I say 10% because 10% of my money is in these much higher risk, more speculative investments. And the very risky ones, I might even put a little less the more safe ones, I'm going to put more. It just depends on sort of how excited I am about the investment. Got it. So what is the average amount of time that someone's money can be held up or where you are waiting to see whether or not you've lost it or whether or not it's going to return additional capital to you? The average startup takes seven years to go from 
the first time they raise money to when the investors get their money back with a return. So you got to really think it's a seven-year thing. It could be faster. But what's the irony here, this is like the part that nobody tells you. I wish I had known these things, but I didn't, is that the really successful ones can take even longer. Like some of my best companies, I've been investing, I've been an investor in them for like 10 years. And yes, I've been able to get some money out. They've did a dividend or they've rebought some shares or whatever, but like your your investment becomes very valuable, but it's you know, you're waiting 10 years. So you need to just know that. And that's fine because it means that, that you're going to make a wonderful return. You're going to make like dozens and dozens of times your money, right? But, but um, not always. But not always. Or it could fail. That's the thing about it. So it's important to not, to recognize that this is very high risk and that, you know, it's not for everybody and that you, you need to include these kinds of investments alongside, you know, more traditional types of investments. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.